Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Do you know what day it is? Wow. Do you know what day it is? In general? Or, sorry, specifically? Like, is yeah. there a holiday? Am I missing something? No. I know what, what day I know is. that it's December 1st, 2017. And today happens to be a Friday. It happens to be Gangster Friday at work where Gangster Rap is on. It happens to be Free Lunch Friday where we take out the whole firm. It happens to be Podcast Friday where we do the podcast. It happens to be Push Up Friday, which I also enjoy. And at the end of the day, guess what? It's Friday. How it's many Friday? Tell me how, how many push-ups are, how many push-ups do you do on Friday then? If it's push-up Friday, 500. But I do them in increments of right. 50. So I space them out because yeah. I can't do them. So as you're benching, like can you bench more? I can bench. Well, I do benches on Monday. Yeah. Um one is tone, one is explosiveness. So this is more toning. Right. Right, just to shape this sculpture that you see that you're looking at. <laughs> what? I'm this is getting... why we need it to be a video podcast. Yeah. So, um, for some reason, I was so excited. I got to listen to uh, Jocko podcast on the way in. My my point is this: Have you ever had like a subtle best day of your life? It, a, a subtle? Yeah. Not like I'm on a honeymoon. I'm on vacation. This is just like a yeah. New- yeah, and I can't point to it exactly, but like where you just at the end of the day, you lay in your bed or whatever, and you relax and you go, "Huh, that was actually a really good day." You just kind of come to that conclusion. Is that what you're saying? You're exactly. Yeah. So, uh, in college, one day in the summer, I was sitting on my back deck, and I'm like, "This might be the best day of my life." Just a, a bad, and, and this is why because I sat down. One of my friends called me, Maddie P or whatever, and said, "Hey, let's go to Sue's house later." I was just at Barnes and Noble. I just got into iced coffee. So I'm sitting there on my deck overlooking the, you know, this beautiful landscape. And then I realized, oh, a year ago I was in advanced infantry training, probably in dirt. And right now I'm sipping iced coffee after being at Barnes and Noble going to Maddie P. Probably Stu's house. Yeah. Best day of my life. Best day of your life. Why, why are you bringing that up? Do you so have I'm another bringing, one? Because, no, no, no. Because today is a good day. Yeah. And you might no, not notice, everyone listening, that you're having an awesome day. Yeah. That life is good. Yeah, take that it. terrible things are not happening. Exactly. Count your blessings. You know what I yeah. think you should count your blessings on that people haven't done it. Maybe this is this is a good like it is, it is the season, right? The season to be giving and thankful and all that stuff. We just went yep past Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving. Be thankful for your health, man. That, that oh, two weeks ago I dude. was sick for like a whole week. Yeah, I couldn't. Week. It was awful. <laughs> it was the, it was the most I've been sick. Yeah. In maybe honestly probably like a decade ever since my kids. We're really little kids, and they just give you those colds for the second time in your life, and it's just brutal. Man, be, be thankful for your health. If if you're healthy, if you're not, man, I, I wish wish you the best. Hope hope you get better. But Ab- absolutely, yeah. and and just generally, you might not be listening to this, you know, around the same time, but still, just be thankful. Things, think about how much worse things could be. Yeah, you could be losing your house. You could be in war torn country. You could just people could be sick. People could be dying in your family. It's now you, that said. It's also, it's also, I think you should also look at how can you improve things. So there is a, there is a point of departure from that thinking too, of like, okay, now how, when I, what now, what, what am I complaining about? What do I not like? But then instead of just complaining, how do you start the footsteps? 
How do you put one foot in front of the other? Try to tackle that. Try to get your out. Try to try to try to change your little piece of the world and make a bigger wave. Yeah, it's interesting because when you first said that, I've well, we're always trying to improve things. So that's the default. So now you know, take a break and be happy about it. But we're trying to improve. I don't know the design of something or something that you're already doing. But I think where you're going is okay. Not your regular job or, or what are you complaining about almost that's what you're saying yeah and then either either do something about it or maybe just let it go yeah and that's hard to do you know i've been i've had a few i've had a few social media posts lately where i'm just complaining and and oh, then, I'm sure. you know <laughs> where i'm just complaining because i just get so fed up yeah um but at least but then but then i i'm such a doer and so are you once we complain, I feel like once we get that negative energy out, then it's like, okay, how do I solve that problem now? Yeah. How do I, even if it's a huge problem, like, I don't know, the, the, the national debt or something like that, how do I at least start to think about, you know, how, how I can prepare for that or whatever? And maybe we need to change our thinking because I know I complain about how inefficient the government is at spending money and how open space just crushes my soul <laughs> sometimes. I'm a fan of open space. I love to hike all that. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we've got to change our energy a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Cool. There you go. So speaking of that, <clears throat> you uh, had a meeting this morning. We were listening through the door, kind of. But it, it, it had waves uh, when you, in when it. You, when you said that, I, I, I just imagined all the, all the crew. Our ears. Your ears to the door. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, um, yeah, this, set, this it podcast, up, set, it for, set it up for everybody. This podcast is inside the firm. So we're bringing you inside the firm. So Lance had a literally meeting. hours later yeah. inside the firm, uh, a meeting that that kind of got heated and then kind of went went back down. And I could kind of hear, but not really. I was, I was actually trying to do work. You could just sense the tone, right? So how did you manage uh, a meeting in person that got quite heated? It got contentious. Yeah. I want to use that word. I don't know. For some reason, I always have to convince myself of like certain words for things. And go. I'm like, Look okay, now now I'm well, I didn't talk about it. So I got contentious. I'll set it up for everybody. So uh, I think we've talked about this before. We have a, for the first time ever, we have a client that just paid all up front um, for a custom house. And it was, it was a, it was a pretty good commission. And they we even asked the Entree Architect community about it. And yes. some of them said that's iffy because it can get scary in how much you spend, how much you bill per time, how you're keeping track of your hours, all that. So this might circle back to that. Exactly. And I think in that podcast too, we acknowledged that we said, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out when it comes to where do you start to say, okay, we've burned, we're done with those fees. How do you, how do you bill it out? And I think, I think there's two ways for that. Um, so I'll have like a 40,000 foot perspective. I got, I got to set it up in that way of, if we started a house from scratch, if we start from with a very scratch, like nobody, nobody gave us any direction other than. I had a meeting with the clients and then where they said, you know, here's basically our program. We need X amount of rooms, you know, stuff like that. So you set up a program, right? If we were starting from scratch, I think this one would have been an easier project to, to work through. But the problem with this particular project is these clients came to us and they had, uh, we did start the house from scratch, but then we started this uh, detached carriage house, not from scratch. What was interesting about the detached carriage house is that we could go uh, we could kind of, we still had to work through, and I tried to explain this to the client that we've already, we have worked through schematic design, design development. It's just that 
you didn't see behind the curtain. It's I didn't record, you know, the 24 or 32 hours or whatever it took to, because if you're starting in Revit, right, you're going to start at a schematic level. You're going to just start from nowhere yep. and your floor plans first and you're probably going to move the elevations and then sections and, you know, like so, get to this DD part. So, <laughs> so, so, so time out. I got a, they thought a part was skipped. Exactly. Because we could, because we could take their carriage house from the, this is where they had, they brought us, uh, they brought me uh, nice elevate, like nicely drawn tan drafted elevations, a floor plan. It basically all worked out. There were tweaks we had to make, and there was design adjustments. It didn't fundamentally change, right? It incrementally changed like the design did. Yeah. But what happened was once they gave us those those plans right away, we moved. We just went all the way out to full-blown floor plans, elevations, building sections in one step instead oh. of instead of – and this is how F9 works is <clears throat> at least what I've been doing for custom houses is I, I will only – do floor plans and schematic design. And then I say, okay, floor plan set. Great. Let's move to elevations. Now we're in design development. And like the invoices get sent out in that manner. So that was, that was kind of the hang up with this project in particular. And it, it, it's a little bit tricky because if the floor plan is very close and um, it, it, it's hard to stop, it's hard to stop when you are kind of just nailing it and you know, okay, this is working out. I might as well see how this works out. So that's what. So my feedback, uh, I, I, you know, this is a perfect thing to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> but my feedback in particular to that is, let, let's say somehow somebody who's listening gets a client like this. I wouldn't go to full-blown elevations like that ever again. I would just say, even though I know as a, as a seasoned architect that this is going to work out in the whole way, we can just, we can just, moving this all the way up to, you know, through the, through the chain of, of, of the, of the contract, I would still just only do floor plans. So I would still stick back to the fundamentals of like, nope, we're only, even though I know I can take this further right back to the fundamentals. So you did all the work, but you just did it faster without giving them a point. Yep. Uh, so you didn't slow it on the process. So follow the fundamentals, send it out. Even if, if the, floor, Hey, we changed four things in the floor plan. That's it. Little things. Are you cool with that? Exactly. That's going to take them a week to get back to you. Just don't don't leapfrog it. Don't rush Even it. Don't if you push can, it. Don't leapfrog it. What so, were we talking about this morning? You can't shortcut. You can't you shortcut. Can't, uh, well, condensing condensing condensing, condensing is dangerous. It's dangerous, and I don't think it's convincing. There you go. Which which goes right back to where we yes. and, and this was like a political argument or something. Alex and I were talking about before work even started, just on a personal level, not an argument. Well, discussion. no, no, no. It was it was also construction. So yeah, yeah, it was construction. That's right. So here's I bet you everyone has heard this before. I've had thirty years experience. This is how we're gonna do this. And this from a contractor or even maybe a developer. Who knows? Yep. Doesn't doesn't matter. It could be in any industry. A tile guy. And I remember this happening probably four or five years ago when I was even less fresh. And then. All of a sudden, that, that hits me, and I'm not as egomaniacal as Lance, so I'm like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, maybe they're right, maybe they're right. And then after working through that project, I'm like, oh, no, they don't know. Everything is fundamentals. Does that stack on that? Does that load goes there? What happens there? Do you move this? If you're drawing it, if you did, if you're drawing in, in CAD, God help you. 
because there's so many ways to make mistakes in that program. But if you're actually modeling a building like it gets built or sticking to you know, the rules of construction, fundamentals, accounting, whatever, you can fall back on that logic and, and see where a train, okay, maybe we do do something slightly different. We use you know, metal studs. Maybe you got the gauge wrong on a stud because it's 14 foot high instead of whatever. But after that, going through that experience, whenever anyone says anything like that to me, I'm like, I don't, that's a shortcut. That's a default. Let's argue the point and the fundamentals. Don't try to rough over it by saying you have this because I don't, I don't give a crap about your 30 years of experience. If your answer is going to be wrong. Because we talked about, well, can, well, just it, convince me. It's just convince me instead of just defaulting and saying, "Listen to me," because of this. Exactly, exactly. Can can you can you just elaborate for us of what your thirty years has specifically shown you in in relation to this specific thing we're talking about? Maybe it's like a foundation design or something. Yeah. And just lay it out for us. Will, will you just please take the extra time to explain it? And that's harder to do. I get it. And it put, does put the other person on the hot seat. I understand that. And people don't like, and the people might feel cornered. But man, I just feel like you're doing the process a disservice if you don't try to at least explain yeah. where things are coming from. Like, I appreciate a detailed explanation. I love asking why. Yeah. And, and this is why it's so key. I'm not dismissing the 30 years of experience. Exactly. But, but what I'm saying is that you, we, the contractor... And you can come at a problem at different perspectives, different angles. They might be coming from you at, let's just say, 30 years of experience of foundation designs in, in uh, Texas. And they might be correct in Texas or whatever they've done for 30 years. And you could be having this whole fight unless they explain it to them, explain their thoughts to you. If it's just this default, then you can't say, oh, oh wait, wait, we're in Colorado now. The, the system doesn't line up like that. No one does it that way. And it, here's why, because of this, this, and this. So that's why the explanation and the shortcut cannot happen. There might be right, but that you're, you're fighting from different perspectives. So you're seeing uh, you know, a square that has a circle. They see the circle on one end. You see the corner on the other end. You, you got to talk it out. And I, and I totally empathize with, with, with people wanting to condense like that and, and being shocked by new stuff by new problems and new solutions and new ways of doing things. I mean, there was a potential client that I had that you saw the email yesterday. It, it got cra- it got like out of hand just talking back and forth. This, this gal contacted us and she was really upset, you could tell, f- from what the building department was having her do. She was going to replace flooring and just do a, a remodel of a kitchen in her house, in which I have done for my, to my first house. I basically gutted a large portion of it and just did it. I didn't, I didn't go ask for permission. Right. Um, and so she wanted to do that. And then, and then the elect, the, apparently the, uh, the, uh, the electrician pissed off the building department and <laughs> the building department got a little personal and said, no, no, you need an architect to draw all of this up. So she was very angry coming into the what, email. And th- that's kind of weird because you can have an interior designer too. Right. Yeah. And, it's not and they, they wanted a stamp and everything. And so I was trying to empathize with her and say, while I understand, you know, I, I, I'm telling you just from my experience, okay, in the last 10 years here in Colorado that the, the requirements coming out of the building departments are just getting, they're getting more strict. Denver, and, Lakewood. Yep, and they're, and they're more intimidating to common homeowners. They're more intimidating to do-it-yourselfers, and they're, they're sort of pushing this. Even in Denver, now you have to stamp a residential set of drawings. Same with the Boulder. You have to stamp a residential set of drawings. And, and just to let non-architects know, because 
some people would say, that's great. You have to get an architect to do everything. You know, it increases your market. It's protectionism. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do the city's dumb drawings that are taking away from the actual design. Because what happens is that you still can't charge for all that all that craziness. So then what are you doing? You're carving out of what you can do to think about the real problem and all that because you're trying to mess with all these regulations and nonsense that are contradictory and really do not affect it yeah. one bit whatsoever. Yeah. And this gal, so this gal, she condensed it. She condensed it and got angry. And man, I I was trying to be so helpful and nice the whole time and I even said, you know, be well. You've you've I can't convince you that you need an architect even though they're saying you need an architect. And then she and then she defaulted. And said, how dare you question my 25 years of experience? And I'm like, well, I never even said that. I was just yeah. saying, in my observation, it's getting crazy. And you kind of Everywhere. Just, yeah. You said everywhere. I said up and down the front and range. And she wanted you just to uh. admit that this one city was the hardest. And if exactly. you didn't know that it was the most difficult, then why... Why don't even talk to me? And what? everybody's got their opinion. I don't care if you're uh, somebody working, if you're anybody listening in any other state, you're going to be able to have your it's own like opinion. Las Vegas about, is the most. It's the L.A. Worst. Yep, Culver City New York. is the worst. I'm what, sure what they're terrible too. Actually, remember I told you about uh, uh, Cuomo. It was one good thing that Mayor Cuomo did is he allowed. Um, he said, "If you don't get it in 30 days." Yeah. So this is cool about New York City. Somebody and I looked it up. I I'll have to find an article. Maybe put it in the show notes. This is such a cool, it's such a good idea. Mayor Cuomo said, you put, your, you put your building plans in. If you don't get a comment back within 30 days, you have a building permit. I think, it, I think it's very restrictive. Like maybe it's just a tenant finish or something small like that. I don't think it's a skyscraper. Yeah. But uh, man, what a good... What a, somebody's got to be... Help, somebody's got to keep moving this thing forward. Yeah. <laughs> okay, back, back to where we were. <laughs> we went tangential. Yeah. Who would have known? Uh, so back to this client. So what happened was... Um, we kept the house in schematic design the whole time. The house design. So there's again, there's two different structures here. One is a carriage house. That's what, what we've already, you know, I've already said talked about that. The other one is they have a, a, a house that's detached from the carriage house that they that we're design we're designing from scratch. So what happened was I design I did, made a little bubble diagram. I had Jackson crank it out. It was a really nice floor plan in my opinion, and then they hated it. Yeah. So I said okay. Um, we can either start this over or honestly, you guys did a great job on the bouse. Do you want to try to take a stab at kind of drafting up what you're thinking generally for the house? Sure. Okay. So they did. We got, I, you know, I had a meeting with them and then, and then we went forward with that plan. That plan I knew after when looking at it, I was like, it, from the point they gave it to us, not from the point we put it in the computer. I just knew that it wasn't going to work out. I knew it was going to be inefficient. It just, it was a lot of clunkiness, right? Right. And my approach has been, I, I've been trying to let people come, just ask the right questions and show the, uh, ask, uh, yeah, the right questions and then should give them enough information to where they come, realize their own conclusion. Exactly. You have to do that. I think it's so critical of clients because you don't want to force stuff down their throat. I mean, some people no. do, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I do. <laughs> that's 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 a, that's my job. That's this yeah. is what you will. Take. That's a city when they try to tell you your your lights are on the wrong side of the door. They, they you don't know anything about anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so I had the lights perfectly centered. They're like uh, move them to the left awkwardly. Why? So uh, so then so we cranked out that floor plan, and it didn't work out. And then I said, okay, are you guys let are you guys let ready to, to let us kind of take the reins back and we will if you guys like the general direction of this floor plan they said yes 
I would like to try to put our touches on it, our professional touches on it, make it more efficient and do and be less of a, just a pure box. It was just a square. Yeah. And they want a craftsman house. Sure. So we did that. Came to the meeting today. And they are they're really smart clients in the way they set up their how they're going to unveil that screw this plan, we're going to scrap it entirely now. <laughs> so, okay. This is the yeah. second time we've started over, right? On the small one. On the house. The big one. On the big one. The bouse, they're called, oh, the carriage house. I don't know why I said bouse. The carriage house. No, you've said that before. Why do you call it the bouse? It's like, it looks like a barn, plus it's a house. So, oh, so. But it's a car- carriage house. They just made up a word. It's okay, fun. Bouse. I like it. I do too. Uh, so that, that, that one is a design. I'm talking about the big one. We are starting over three times. So this is the third time now. So they go, you know, we don't like this. We don't like this. We don't like this. And I go, okay, that's a 40,000 foot view. That's good. Can we just zoom into the pantry? Because the pantry, they go, well, we, we wish we wanted it to be U-shaped. And I go, okay, well, let's just zoom in there. I just want to throw something out of you guys. I'm just trying to feel them out, you know? Yeah. So I sketched on my iPad. And I, I, you. I know, I sketched a little door. And it, I changed the door size. And then I, and I said, here's how it could be a U-shape. So, and then I go, so now, now, now that I showed, showed that, can we just zoom out again? And do you think we can massage this? Or do you think it's going to require us starting over? And I could tell they already had their feet planted. They were already like... Entrenched. Yep. So it was like a test. I mean, it was a real-time test that I had to do. And this is what's interesting about like being the person in the meetings. You know what this is like. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a, there's like not a psychological warfare, but it's definitely like this play. You know, it goes yeah. back and forth. Like where, what are they, what's behind that look on their face? What do they already have coming into the meeting, right? Like, yeah. Is there a point where you can feel the energy change and all that stuff? So then they go, no, we just think we got to start over. Okay, okay. I go, okay. And I didn't get into the contract yet, but that was what started boiling in the back of my head. Not not mad or anything, but just like, frick, am I going to have to ask for more fees? This is awful. They've already yeah. paid for everything up front, and we already knew this was like a risk. Yep. So then they came in with this giant sketch pad or whatever and and they had these really nice floor plans laid out already <laughs> so yeah. over, but, but time out though they, is this a warning sign because didn't they have a nice sketch to begin with with the house uh i will get to that that's a great question is it a warning sign let's keep that because i'm going with a pattern i had a client that kept changing their mind kept changing their mind and one thing that they said and we missed was oh yeah we've already had three other architects and they two other architects and then they just drop them through the year. So they just redesign things ad, as ad nauseum. You've had a client like that, too. Oh, my God. So just to put a little fear into your little Lance heart. Oh, my God. Tiny, sickly. Well, it's something to acknowledge 100%. Yeah. I don't mind reality. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> reality is brutal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so they showed me the plans, and they go, what is your overall thoughts? And I said, first of all, Let's talk about your budget because I think you've exceeded your budget now by by one quarter of a million dollars. And I could see them kind of just pale. And I go, I'm just telling you the truth. Because this is where, goes. yeah. And, and I, and I, we've already, this particular project is like amongst three other projects that are in the same area with Jim probably going to be the same contractor. I know the prices. Yeah. So I started telling them about that and they started getting a little nervous and stuff and I'm whatever. And I go, but if you guys are willing to, I just, I, I flat out asked him, do you acknowledge that we have just inflated this by this much? Yes. And I got him to say yes. 
I go, okay, great. Are you okay with proceeding knowing that? Yes. Okay. Then, then we'll, we'll proceed. And then, then we got into, you know, so there was that kind of high point. Yeah. And then I said, and then I, then we, t- we walked, walked through the plans and I go, yeah, this will work out. This looks like it's going to work out. And we finished that part and I go, okay, now can I ask you guys a difficult question? Because I feel like that was a difficult question for you to ask me. Can we start over again? And I pulled up my iPad and then I pulled out the, the contract and I go, where do you guys think we are? Yeah. Where do you think we are? And let's talk about the bouse first. Let's, let's set it up in that way yeah. of like, cause we can, that one's unique. That one's a layup, right? And they, they acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. We're through design. We're basically done here. Here's where we're at, you know, week five or something. And I go, what about the house? What do you think about the house? Well, and then there was this back and forth and that's where it got kind of heated you know, because my argument was, I think we're in, we're almost at the end of schematic design. We flushed two plans out, right? And now we're starting over. So aren't we back at the beginning? Aren't we back at the beginning? No, we're not. We've just been, we just been spinning our wheels in the beginning. So it was kind of like that. Mm. So there was some mental gymnastics. Well, Honestly, that, that's what's hard. See, this is what's difficult for me. Did they say the term spinning wheels? Yes. Um, spinning wheels in my in my head means you're literally just standing there doing nothing like think about in the army or a contractor just you're just waiting for work to get done and then you're still being billed out like they're still paying me while i'm in the army sitting there waiting for the range to open i'm not doing anything for three hours yeah or, or let's bring it to a level where everybody can imagine let's say your table is clean and then you clean it again and then you clean it again like you're not accomplishing anything right right so i'd say um, real work in real time has been done and spent. And that's what I said. I said, regardless of if, if the design hasn't progressed beyond this stage, uh, in terms of us, you know, getting to a point where the design is finished from a schematic level, we have spent the amount of time that is allocated in this phase. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you get, we are, we have been spinning our wheels and not moving the, like the truck ahead, yep. but the gas is spent. Like we've burned the fuel, right? Yeah. So in, in summation where it landed was, um, so you, that, that's it. I like the gas analogy, right? Because you could drive a truck and we happen to take one, two, three left turns. Yeah. And then we're back at the beginning, but we still drove the truck. We still spent the gas. Drove the truck yep. exactly. So what it ended up being, you know, they so they acknowledge that they go, we understand that, and then they had a few things to say on there, and you know, one of them was like they were they were a little upset that <laughs> there was one meeting. I sh- like they came into the office and I go, oh crap, I forgot we had a meeting, and that's my that was that was that was my fault. Yep. And, I, and I every once in a while I'll make a I'll make a decision to have a meeting while I'm while I'm. Like at a stoplight or something, it's a mistake every yeah. time. I got it. I've done it. it too. You've done it too. I know you have. Yeah. I know you have. Yeah. We've all missed meetings. It, it, life happens, right? Yeah. And again, I could see them uh, digging their heels in, and I was like, "Well, I don't want to. I don't want to lose this client. They're nice people. They, they've already paid us. You know, the cash advance was great. And mm. and I do think their floor plan. I think this is it. I think we have like landed at. Yep. This one, this is going to work out. Okay. You know, I, I could see the light open. I could see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. So what I what I did get them to do, and it was a mutual concession, as I said, okay, if we can agree that this is where this is where the bouse landed, yeah. and then 
if we agree that once I execute this particular floor plan right in front of me that you guys sketched out, we move everything to week three and I bill out all the way through schematic design. We agree schematic design is done because we're done with floor plans. Yep. And bill out meaning like I... You, I, you Are you going to send them an invoice you got that, it. and it's just market paid? Yep. That's the way to do it. Exactly. That's, exactly. Yep. And then I said, and can we acknowledge that let's say 30% of design development is already gone too because of the, we've already finished the right. carriage house, right? Yeah. And they said yes. So it was a really good... It was a, it was, you know, it's one of those meetings. It's like you're tiptoeing back and forth and you're figuring out who's going to give or take and where did the concession happen. And nobody ever just wins in anything. Right. Unless you're Michael Jordan. Who? Unless you're Michael Jordan. Oh, then, then seven champions. Six, six, six. six. Oh, six crazy. champions. Yeah. Would have had eight if you yeah. wouldn't have took those two years off. I don't care what you say. Do you, <laughs> no, no, I forgot and just remembered yesterday. Not only was Bo Jackson amazing at football, he was an all-star in baseball. Have I had a baseball that? card of Bo Have Jackson. Have you watched that 30 for 30? Yes. But that was a couple years ago when I watched it. And now, like, now he's like a professional uh, bow guy. Like bow hunter. Yeah, B-O-W. Bow, you know. Yeah. yeah. Luke probably knows him. They're probably best friends. Yeah, he's your cool. brother. He's cool. Yeah. So what um, do you think of that? So what, 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 what's your, what's your, what was your reaction to that whole thing? I mean, I felt like, God... Well, well, it was kind of. I, I like where it went because it was just a green. Was it was it a compromise in the sense of okay, technically maybe we can't bill out all that design development, but since we're negotiating and going back through schematic design, some of that fee is yeah. That's where it's and not only from. that, but it it. I'm glad. I'm I'm totally glad this happened, and we're at this nexus point because it did need to happen. Like I've been telling myself when I've been trying. I was anticipating this meeting. Um, on how I'm going to send out that bill and not even a bill, but just the invoice showing like, okay, this is where we're at. Like we have to establish a point, yep. you know, of, of stopping and then going again. So it needed to happen, but, uh, it's, it's tough. So is there anybody, if there's any students listening or people who are just starting out their firm, like understand, un- try to try to be a better negotiator on the fly. Try to try to just under like realize that, if you just present information to people and if you just ask questions rather than making statements, it goes so much further. There is a certain point where you go over the mountaintop or hit the top of the questioning and the polite questions and then the information where you go, okay, now here's my in. I think I can make my statement. But that it's so interesting to get there. Yeah. Do you have any recent ones where you did that? No, I mean, I had a sales meeting yesterday, which was great, but it wasn't... Well, there's no contentious point in a sales no, meeting. no contentious point. So, no, I think it was good. I, I, the only thing I was getting to is how, how, can, how, how can you experience that if you aren't getting that experience? I don't know. Put yourself yeah. out there. We, I mean, we say it too much probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just put yourself out there and try it. I don't know. I don't know. Don't be afraid to just take a leap on like a crazy idea either. But how about this? How about this? <clears throat> know that um, once you get the the client and you have the fee and all that stuff um, and, and you got the project, I think that's a huge hurdle. Like I want my own project. I want to do my own project. <laughs> a lot of projects go just great, but know that you still have to be fundamentals. You still got to you know work through the process and know that, hey, Everyone goes through these. There's going to be some rough points, some negotiations. Know to keep your calm, 
be smooth. This is not a new situation. People get flustered by a new situation, new information that they don't know. That happens to all of us. That happens to you. That that happens to me. Happens to Mark LePage. It happens to Evan Troxell. It happens to Daniel Liebskin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just you got to deal with it. So don't don't think that that's unique and and that somehow you know you're doing something wrong, something like. That. And especially if it's a business, just always try to just not take stuff personal and know that like the next day you're gonna wake up and like all that weird anger or whatever is gonna go away. Like just. It's not, it, it, yeah, it can get personal sometimes. Like people, somebody could personally attack you, but I don't know. Is it, yeah. is it, is it like trying to not get so upset about it? That's why we attack each other all the time. Build up that skin. Exactly. Um, and also please remember that if you are trying to help your client and being responsive, you are doing way better than a lot of companies. Not <laughs> I, So I, I don't even think you were here. I was trying to talk to insurance companies oh, and hospitals. I knew, I knew you were going to say insurance, you silly boy. Man, Lance, four phone calls. You know the nightmare jokes where, oh, I press this button, this press it, you know, four never, times. And, and it's they, always a robot, never an operator. And then and then the they best. hung up. I'm like, and then they, they tell. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. And then the insurance, oh, call the hospital. And the hospital says call the insurance. I'm like, is this how a business is run? Like, honestly, how do they get money? Oh, they're protectionists and you only have two options. And so you have to choose one of the two. <laughs> okay, gotcha. That's how it runs. But uh, but besides that, if that didn't happen. If you're a small firm how, architect, you're not going to have that position. How are or you? business owner. How, how are they existing? How You know what I mean? Like they, It's so bad. I can't believe that someone is running these businesses. And, and maybe they have no idea because they have that protection layer and they're, they're so far up. I can't imagine running a business like that. I can't imagine someone calling us, going through all the guys, finally getting to me, and then hanging up on them. Oh, what? Man. Well, I mean, could you imagine having any business in this age, and then having neg- And then if you go and if you look at their reviews on Better Business, they're all negative. They all should not be in business. Without, you know what I mean? Like it's so that if your company only has negative reviews and yet you still exist, you might be in a protectionist system. Yeah. You might be in a protectionist system. Yeah. Yeah. So you might have some rules and some laws on your side so that you cannot go away. And we we don't. Or else the market would take care of you. Yeah. It's rough, man. Yeah. It's rough. You got to be, there was one personal. uh, So I think uh, one of the designers that we worked with maybe two years ago, she accidentally sent and she accidentally forwarded an email where she goes, yeah, I'm frustrated with Lance too. Uh, Cause, he, nice. Cause he didn't do X. And the funny thing, what it was, was they wanted me to put a pure triangle. Um, we had a gable. So imagine like you're looking at a house, a regular house with like a, a pitch roof, right? They wanted me to put a triangle window, um, over the top of the door. And I go, Guys, I have no way to make this structurally work. I've even talked to my engineer. I have no way to make it work. And I told them that. And then they thought that I was just not, uh, that I was not, what, not trying, not trying to do it. And it got caught in the email. Then it got forwarded to me. And I, and I just responded politely. And I said, please, um, uh, I don't appreciate, I don't appreciate that. Please, um, please don't, you know, put me out there like that in front of clients when there's an at legitimate reason, just politely ask, please. Yeah. But I didn't come back and just yell, you know, again, I think it's like, there's so much, there's such a big difference between just asking a question that is also kind of a request, right? Like, please don't call me a jerk. 
you know, instead of saying like, screw you, you called me a jerk, right? Way different setup of psychology. The, the, there you go. If you can find a book, and I think it's that damn win, how to win friends, friends and influence people, disarming people. Right. Is critical. However, you need to like set yourself up. I bet you could just Google an article and you could say 10 steps or three steps to disarming people and, yep. and talking them down. You got to get to that level. So I got to bring up another example because this is great because people are going to match your tone, right? Exactly. So coming in on this great Friday, awesome Friday, listening to the Jocko podcast, he's in Iraq, high target mission, right? They're going to probably kill. Washington. Who knows what they're going to do, but it's bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> or it's good. It's Great. good. Well, whatever. <laughs> they're in Iraq. It is. It is. It exists. So they're, they're driving and they're lost and they're, you know, and they stop. And obviously in Iraq, you don't want to turn around because then the enemy will be set up and they're going to attack you. Right? So Jocko walks out. He walks up to, you know, his, he's like, he's one of my brothers, my best friends. And he could tell that he's frustrated. And he's like, he's like, I'm Jocko. So you don't want me coming to talk to you right then, right? So instead of saying, hey, where are we? We're going to get shot. Let's get the hell out of here. He opens the door and he says, hey, what's, go- you know, what's going on? And he's like, ah, I'm lost right now. You know, just flustered. So Jacko says, no problem. We'll set security. Let us know when you figure out where we are. And it calmed him down. It calmed, you know, because that's such an extreme scenario, yep. but that's happening on these little levels. Hey, no problem. I'll set security. Let me know when you know where we are. Then we'll go. Yep. So then the guy could focus instead of making a wrong decision. Yep. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Cool, man. Uh, that was a long one. <laughs> but it was a good thing. There you go. You came inside the firm. Yeah. Um, I think we have best and worst advice. And we have a repeat, which is awesome. Paul uh, Rugeber. Um, at prdesigns.com. So he's been on the podcast before. He's awesome. He's a great public speaker. Uh, asked him to come back on again uh, to give us uh, another round of ber- uh, best and worst advice. And before we get into it, he's got a book coming out in mid-December that everybody, everybody should check out. Um, and so if you email him at paul at prdesigns.com, and we'll put a, we'll put a link yep. in, in, in there. Um, check it out because he said you can pre-order it. it it's really good. He's, he's a very positive, inspirational guy, so I think it'll be good. Awesome. Here we go. Hey, Lance and Alex. It's Paul Rugarber, owner of PDR Designs Architecture. So we specialize in residential construction, and you had asked me about the best and worst advice that I have received. So start with the best advice. There are always more clients. So often I think we get stuck in the mindset of we got to please everyone. You know, every client that comes in, oh, this is going to be the next best thing, or I don't want to make a bad impression. You only have one chance to make a good impression. And we get so stuck with trying to please them and do what's right for them that we forget about kind of our core principles and what's important to us and in order to run a profitable business. I think too many people get in the mindset of wanting to do too much for a client or when they uh, demand things that we accommodate things. Maybe it's uh, reducing your price. Maybe it's providing extra services at no charge. And I think that hurts us a lot. And when you get more comfortable and realize there are always more clients out there that you can appeal to, that you don't need to, first of all, take every single client, but also you don't need to accommodate and lower yourself down to their demands. You're the professional. You need to be in charge a little bit. And I know that takes time to kind of get that confidence in business of 
oh yeah, I know there's going to be more people coming along and it's okay if I say no to this or it's okay if I stand my ground with this client, but it's a very important lesson to learn. And when we, when we gain that confidence of being able to talk to clients without feeling like uh, we're on the lower end of it, let's say, then I think we speak to them better. We learn to negotiate a little bit better and we learn when not to negotiate and when to kind of stand our ground and do what's right for us and for our business. So then let's go to the worst advice. Uh, the worst advice is going to be something that I gave to myself. This is right after I got out of architecture school. I was burnt out and done with it. And I said, you know what? I am not learning anything else. I'm not taking any more courses. I'm done with that aspect of it. Um, so it's not until, let's say, 2008, really, that I started going to like uh, some personal development classes and learning more and really being curious about the business aspect things better um, and how to get better at things, how to do things differently. And that's really when I started to uh, get a lot better in business and get more clients and learn about networking and learn how to deal with people. And those lessons were so important to me that it's a shame I didn't learn that earlier, like right after I got out of school, but I was just like I said, I was burnt out from school. I was done with it. I just wanted to work, but I kind of got in a rut. And then, you know, you're just working and time is flying by. The years are ticking by and you don't even realize what's going on or how that affects you in your career because time is passing, but you're really not learning to your potential. You're really not doing things that you could possibly do because you're comfortable, it's easy, and you're just smooth sailing along. So when you really start to push yourself and you learn new things and try new things and you realize, oh, it's okay to fail, it's okay not to have all the answers, you learn who you need to speak to, uh, finding a mentor or finding other people that can help you, listening to podcasts like the ones that you guys do, because that's where you're going to learn a lot because you can learn from other people in there. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you're buying, but maybe just something that you're listening to podcasts, you're reading things from the library, you're reading things online. There's so much stuff out there on YouTube videos, anything that you can learn so much and get ahead so much. You don't have to make the same mistakes that everybody did. So worst advice, stop learning. So right now, go out, finish listening to this. Go listen to the next one. Listen to as many things as you can so that you can learn from other people and then put that into action. That's the key. Got to take action. Be willing to try things, see what works, what doesn't. Adjust, do whatever you have to do to get better at your craft. And if you don't know, find someone and ask a question. You'd be amazed at how much people will be willing to tell you and help you just by asking questions because they want to help other people. So that is my advice for you guys. And also, big news, my book just came out, Architecture to Construction and Everything in Between. So it's not going to go live until December 12th, but if anyone wants to pre-order, it is. you can reach me at paul at pdrdesigns.com. I'd be happy to place an order for you. And this book is written as an architect. It's written for homeowners that are looking to do a project. And they don't have any idea where to begin, what to do. It walks you through the whole construction and architecture experience uh, from beginning to end of what's going to go on. Love you guys. Thanks, Lance and Alex. Bye-bye. I love Paul. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for for loving us back, Paul. Seriously. So positive and then just very introspective and willing to bear, like admit your faults. Stop learning. I love that. 
Yeah, I've I've had it happen to me. So let's start on the you worst. You get burnt out. You you get burnt out. You get in a track. You maybe have a boss that's in front of you that is not letting you be free, or or you think they're not letting you learn, or they're not giving you responsibility. Right? Um, it's not true. I've been in that situation before, and I realized nope. It was my fault. It was my fault. I could have been doing something. I could have been showing up. I could have been positive. Um, so a couple different things you can do. Obviously, you can learn new software, stuff like that. I really want, I need to find some time. I think that our firm is going to learn structures more because I think it will be even, I know, even better. I know. We've been talking about that. It, 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 would just, it would just empower our guys even more. They would yep. just feel so, you, you feel so confident when you know you really get the gist of it. Yep. So, so that would be great. And then the other thing too is, Okay, let's say you don't want to learn a new software or anything like that. And because we try to limit the software, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that could be distracting. That could be negative. There's a dichotomy to this advice. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it still holds true. You're done with a project. Now, what's your AAR, your after actions review? What did I learn from that project? What went well? What didn't went well? How can I apply that to the next thing? Now you're learning. Now you're thinking consciously. How am I going to improve this so that it's better? It's faster, and and I learned something too. Like, oh yeah, the way we link files didn't work. All that, just keep somehow keep that drive, keep that core, no matter what. Don't. There's been a long time that I've missed because of that gap. Because I think think part of it requires you to fail. I think part of it requires you to do go. You know, you do you know X, Y, and Z's of some project, and then you fail, and you need a wake up call every once in a while. Yep. So that it re- you go, oh crap! I, I I have to keep investigating this. I have to keep learning. I have to keep understanding where my mistakes were, and then how do I how do I move forward without making those same mistakes? Even though it might spur another set of mistakes. I don't know. Yep. And it, it's it's hard because I had to learn the hard hard way. I'm sure Paul did too. You you see someone else like oh I'm as good as them or better than them. Oh they just tried and then you know like focused. Oh. Why the hell didn't I do that? <laughs> well, even, dude, even on that sense, this is my frustration with people who get who get jealous. Is like I don't mind if you get jealous of other people's success, but instead of saying that you need to tear them down, why aren't you why aren't you taking that and building your own self up and trying to jump ahead? You know what I mean? Yep. I feel like you and I have always had that a really great uh, uh, back and forth leapfrogging each other, like. Al's going to yeah. do this. I'm going to do this. Al's going to do this. I'm yep. going to do this. And we just keep building and building. Yep. But we're never tearing each other down. No. No. Yeah. That seems silly. Um, always more clients. So, I mean, we've talked about that in, in the podcast, so I think it's spot on. Gosh. it was. This was every single time we have a guest on, it just lines up perfectly. I love it. I don't yeah. know what the universe is in our favor today uh, in general, maybe. But for me, this was the big lesson of the year was I don't have to take every job. And there are, and, and if there's a job where I'm even iffy, then, okay, what kind of fee is going to justify the pain I'm going to have to go through with, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever it is. Um, is, like, is there some way to compensate for that? Like, do I negotiate the contract in a certain way or anything like that? Uh, this has been the first year where I, where I finally was, I had enough, um, cojones to say no to people, say yes to only certain people and then negotiate. Uh, a higher mm-hmm. higher level of fees, especially on like a repeat, you know, working on this repeat client right now was repeat work, and they they thought because it's base it's kind of the same building that we're gonna do, 
we should charge a quarter of what we did. And I'm so glad that I didn't allow myself to go down that road. And I examined it and thought about previous mistakes on doing that with other clients and then going, nope, I just know it's always a new project. So I have to charge this much. And and you got it, which was fine. I had a similar thing a couple of years ago. And I held to my guns too and said, nope. It's a, and I knew it'd be the same thing. Yeah, you're kind of using the same concepts. It's a different site. We're going to improve things. We got it, whatever. And they said no. Yeah. They said no. They said no and, to us. And I know from that project that, uh, you know, hey, how's it going? We're still friends. Uh, yeah, it's a year. Still haven't got it. Oh, so it did take a year. Ha. Huh. Yeah. I didn't say that, you know, but yeah, I should have. I should have laughed in his face because he would have took it. <laughs> <laughs> so, buddy, it did, huh? Yeah. Huh? Now, the scary part to that is if you're like us and you have people that you are, you are um, getting work for and so that you can feed them and they can feed themselves, boy, it's scary. And it's also scary. It's like that you just, how do you get to that confidence level? I mean, I think it takes several years and it takes it, trial and error and you got to just, ooh. It's a luxury in this economy. Oh, it That is. advice. Especially in Colorado. And also, just to reiterate what he said, you don't always have to take the clients because again, they just might be coming from another perspective. So there might be a client that no matter what, they just want the, the low number, which we, we've structured our firm so that we can be very, very, very competitive, right? But if a client's just trying to be the, the low number, what if for some reason we realize, okay, this building type needs this, this will make it go smoother, this will make your building not cost as much and all that, but it's a little bit higher than someone that's just starving at the point. I'm not going to fight to get all those contracts because your perspective doesn't line up with mine of, I want to give you value. I want to provide you value. And sometimes that's not going to be the lowest fee. I've structured my firm so that we can be as efficient as possible, but sometimes it takes more. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, good stuff. Check out, check out Paul's book. We're going to send him an email and we're going to order one ourselves. So actually, yeah. So do the same. Yeah. Uh, what do we got next, Al? Where are we at? We have something, something that you wrote. Uh, Nick reads. Yeah, just going right on to Nick. Exactly. Oh man, but yeah, we we missed. We didn't do. We didn't podcast last week because it was Black Friday, and we just we finally took some time off. Um, but so I'm so glad to have Nick back. I know. I'm so glad to listen to Nick. Can't wait to hear him. Yeah. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Got your fill of turkey, maybe a pie or two, and found yourselves a fine Christmas tree. A reading. Boomerang. Stay in the family. Professional service firms are always on a mission to find high-quality talent. It requires time, effort, and financial resources to locate, train, and bring someone on board. It takes even more time, shared experiences, and commitment for the talent to transform into a member of your firm's family. Being a family member means that they understand your approach towards business and the principles that drive your culture. Eventually, with experience, they become true members of the family. They put the firm first, help other members of the family, and do their best to consistently create value for the clients. When this happens with new employees, it's so gratifying. You want them to stay and be part of the family for as long as possible. You want them to build a career with you. Unfortunately, doesn't always turn out that way. Stop. Art, how true that is. Al, 
You seem like a pretty smart cat. Can you tell me why people put pergolas over garage doors? Do they do that in Colorado, or is that just a southern thing? Such a ridiculous form of decoration. Toodles! They, Nick, they do do that in Colorado. I've seen it. Maybe I've drawn it. <laughs> Maybe Lance actually has yes! had it designed over his garage doors on so his why custom did you do house. That? Well, hold on now. Now, I haven't put them on yet. Part of the reason why I did that is to break up the facade a little bit and add some depth. Well, because depth. I felt like the wall was too vertical. And, and depth is where I was going to go. But the other thing, the secondary reason is that I hang out in my garage It a is lot. decoration. I will admit it all day. Yeah. Um, and it depends on the orientation. But it could be some shading because it does get hot. We've worked in my garage when we were building those yeah. other things. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and my garage faces south. And it get in the summer, it yeah. gets really hot, and then it's kind of trapped in there. So if you're facing south, I totally buy it. Um, it's funny that's what we're talking about. I know, <laughs> I know. But it was funny when I when I was sending this. Um, we had a conversation about keeping uh, employees with, with. I won't name names, but we had a conversation with someone that you know well, our listener knows well, over Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Yep. And so what I wanted to talk about was growth strategies and, and how you manage it because I'm at I have a dichotomy here. There's a couple there's a couple guys, a lot of guys at our firm where I am so happy that they are trained, that they're doing stuff. They're they have computer stuff, they're fixing stuff. I don't even know what they're doing. I'm just glad I don't have to do it. Um Oh, my wife honestly gets a little jealous i mean she says it at least once a week you know to me like well i don't have i don't have you know seasoned employees and stuff i'm like yeah count your blessings again count your freaking blessings if you have them yep and sometimes i i try to get like i was like oh i I actually feel bad i should get more in the weeds doing doing some of the work like yesterday Uh, let me tell you don't because that's all i've been doing with the grass gone (laughs) yeah yeah well well here's the example we were resubmitting for the site plan review it's it's kind of button up on our end we know what we're doing but man you know yesterday was the big day i had one of my main guys on it he was crushing it and then i thought nope i'm trying to get a six-figure contract yeah that's what i need to be doing yeah. is getting a six-figure contract and i need to be focused on that That said i do think it is nice to go up it's kind of nice to go in and out of the water and so you to have speak. to Absolutely, absolutely. Because like, do you remember earlier this year, I was like, I'm only doing sales. And then I did, and I killed it. You know, we were both killing it. But I was specifically like, no more drafting. Only red line sales. And then Jason called me out on it maybe like two or three days ago, or not two days ago, a couple weeks ago. He's like, because I complained, I'm like, that's all I'm doing doing is like design and drafting and like that kind of work. Like, I just want to get back to sales. He's like, didn't you you not want to do that? That's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But then there's more people coming in that I'm like, oh, I got to train and we teach. And some of the, it's more at the, the teaching is bleeding over where I sit at, down at a desk. We Ooh. taught you this. Ooh. What do you mean? You don't know and how what to What he's getting at is a family. <laughs> it's, it's like, we feel like the teaching is bleeding over in that. Uh, we've just we're sick t- of saying the same thing yeah like over and over again and like it, it's hard to keep your patience up especially with like the way we the way we run one of our uh, classes is it's basically like a giant studio I'm talking 70 students with yeah. 70 custom houses 
And it's it even though it's split between the two of us, so each of us has thirty five. That's still huge because a typical studio class is like twelve. So you know we're kind of biting off, and we did it to ourselves, but still, yeah, you know? yeah. Like fundamentally, didn't know that they needed facade walls next year's siding <laughs> and and how to attach. Like what we did this. What do you? Mm. That said, uh, y- y- this is a positive thing. Uh, so uh, I I covered most of class yesterday. Was it yesterday? Day before? Whenever? Whenever? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah. I'm really excited again. Now, like now, I have this—I have this re- rejuvenated energy in these in these students because I can see them. It's starting to click. I'm—I'm I'm telling ah, you, it's starting to click. Good. I'll be a blind owl and hopefully be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Still Tuesday. lower your expectations, and that's a good okay, thing to good. do always. But yeah. <clears throat> but here's what I'm getting at because the discussion that we had with this person was: Do I keep the staff? Do I cut? Do I, you know, outsource? And and how we approached it is that every everyone that's kind of coming in now is is basically only, you know, part-time, like there needs to be a trial. There needs to be a trial where both people can get out. Right. And most of almost all of our trials have, have worked out. Um, and if you have excess, sometimes we sub out to independent people and then, and then maybe try to bring them in. Right. So I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I would still say develop your own staff because the benefits are huge. God. And then, and then after you after you develop one if, if you if you build a loyalty and a trust and that we're all in it, we're all in this together and we're all trying to uh, get get better get wealthier all that kind of stuff however you can set up your ecosystem your business ecosystem so that you have multiple legs to stand on is so critical in t- trying to time the business cycle so I, I I came to like this an epiphany that earlier this week where I was like man if we can, and you know, everybody knows I've been listening. Like, if we can figure out how to help these guys um, have have an additional salary, let's say you know we do this Bitcoin mining and stuff. Yep. If we can, if we can maintain our seasoned staff through the next dip, holy cow! Have we come out of that? I think it's possible to franchise. I think it's possible to like expand again. You yep. know, because you have people in place, you don't have to start over again. I think that's one of the my Ooh, fundamental nice. fundamental. Uh, realizations after being laid off in a recession and then starting our own firm is what a reset button. If you can, if you can mitigate through that reset button, you don't have to reset your whole thing again and you come out on the other side. And the only thing you should be resetting is rethinking, okay, we have this break. We have this pause. We have this letdown. How can we make our systems better? How can we learn something? How can we be better when we come out and just crush it afterwards? Yeah. Which is what we did the first time. We set up that system, right? Yep. Yep. And we haven't. So let's talk about cutting too. So IBM, dad said, no matter what the directive was, he was a boss up there. You cut the uh, bottom 10%. doesn't matter if they're all good. What do you mean? Always? Oh yeah. Yep. You're in the low 10%. You are cut. Oh, and that's sort of their weeding process. That's their weeding process. Because the idea is there's always a new guy up and he probably won't be the, just you know, like a new client. There you go. Exactly. But ask yourself, because I, I, he thought that was, he didn't agree with that. And I don't know if I agree with that too, because you might have a solid team of 10 and, and that person's fine. The, you know, the, the lowest one. But if you're looking at your staff and, and you're thinking about cutting, is it them or is it you? Make sure it's not you. Meaning, did you give them the training? Did you give them the tools? Did you give them the resources? Did you realize that it was going to be hard to you know, doing that. And if it still doesn't work out, then it's okay. But you got to make sure that you are trying to help them first. So you're just not cutting, cutting, cutting. We, we know firms 
that turnover, turnover, turnover for years. Heavy, heavy turnover. It's probably you. It's probably the boss. Oh my God, man! And <laughs> and how routinely do they call us for help? It's it's kind of it's kind of maddening. Where I'm just like, fundamentally, something has to be going. Yeah. Something is not correct with your system. It's probably not the hundred people that has come through. Yeah, yeah. So try to try to try to rec- try to look in the mirror once in a while. We do. I do anyway. I know Al does. Yeah. Especially after he does his push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I want to I want to touch quickly on this since we're moving into the holiday season, uh, Christmas gifts and parties, and this is a long one. So, uh, podcast L, I know you're looking at the clock. Yeah. So <clears throat> we uh, can do this and then the wrap up and put the code questions later. What do you mean code questions later? Just not do them. This Just time. not do them this time. Fine. Yeah. I had uh, come on. I had really good ones for you. Only if you promise that they're good. They're short and they're good. Okay. If they're not good. I don't know. You should know this I'll because you do houses all the time. Remember, we're in the residential code. Okay. It's good stuff. Everybody should know this because they have a house, hopefully. Anyway, Christmas gifts. So, I uh, wanted to talk. So, in the Entree Architect community, love them. Um, there was a gentleman who asked, uh, holiday cards, does your business send them? If so, to whom? Do you have a handwritten signature? Is it a one-page newsletter? Like, what is it? Like, what are you sending out? And a bunch of people had a bunch of different ideas, which were which were awesome. Some people said, "I pass out whiskey and pumpkin bread." I thought that is fantastic. Yeah, but then again, some people don't. Some people don't drink. You know, I get that. Or, or maybe they don't like pumpkin bread. I don't know. Um, some people make their own cards, and then I answered and I said, "We we do it in, we do it in our own our own way." Nobody liked what I had to say, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> no likes, none. Um, so what we do is we try to set up a a spreadsheet that is that is that shows revenue of like what what the client spent and then we try to tie it so let's say they were a high spender like and it was a big project uh then we say okay great we're, we they get steaks they get steaks which is awesome and then maybe there's another tier okay you get wine and then there's another tier you get a card um so ours was sort of this this scalable thing what do you but why that also works with some of the big ones because some of them are big developers is that oh okay they get there's multiple different people that we're dealing with. I'm dealing with the project manager. I'm dealing with the boss. I'm dealing with the whatever. Like I just can't send like one bottle of of whiskey or wine. What are they gonna? I'll split it. You know. Yep. Yep. The feedback. What I wanted to talk about though regarding that was the feedback that we have gotten from the steaks is has been steaks or the burgers or the brats or whatever we're sending. Like it's it's very special meat. It's from like Allen Brothers, I think, or something. They, I always get messages, and so does Al, when people get them, and they go, that was the best gift I got all year. That was, And I don't know what it is. I, I, what I tried to explain to my wife was, I, I think I it's because it's a steak they would never buy for themselves. Yes. And honestly, I'm going to pick on one of our really good friends that I've only met. Yeah, I met him in person once, but a huge client we know, we're buddies with. Yeah. But don't send a bunch of guys a jam basket of jam. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who are you working with? Do they want a basket of jam? Is, is that it? What? What is we indicated finally, we, to you? We got these baskets of jam for like... Which was fine. We have two or three years and then finally we just had to say... Like, come on. Dude, we're sending you steaks like usual. Come on. Something to get... Because we would be a mutual exchange. And you're not... I mean, we're, we're good buddies and that's why we can ask... We can kind of jab... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a great guy. And I, I think he, he, again, just trying to do something nice. I'm pretty hey, sure his it, wife was in charge. No offense. Yeah. But anyways, I think the reason why, 
What would you want? This guy wants whiskey and pumpkin bread. There's going to be some people are like, spot on. And then and other people will be like, oh, it's more unique than a jam basket. And other people will, you know, whatever. But some people are going to hit. Yeah. You're going to hit some people. Yeah. I, so I, final thing about the Christmas thing is, and then we can move on to quick questions and wrap this sucker up. I got a question for you when it, when it comes to gifts like this. So <clears throat> my wife claims, my wife owns her own business. And she claims, and I agree. I agree with her to a certain point on this. And she, it probably does work this way. She goes, "We've learned through our classes, some classes that she took, that the best gifts are either a plant, um, but more specifically, like a piece of art that, uh, like it's not shock art. It's not something weird. It's just like ah, picture of the mountains, picture of the mountains." She goes, "It's better to give that because." Then, you know, hopefully they'll hang it up. Oh, a reminder. Exactly. Brilliant. What so I, what do you think about that? So two thoughts. At first I go, please, no one send me a plant or don't send me art whatsoever. I am a dude that does not care about either one of those. But, but I thought, I still think it's a brilliant idea. I still think it's a brilliant idea because what if it's a nice plant? We put in, the, we got a desk over there. We got a bunch of junk on it. We'd probably put the plant there. You know what I mean? It, it wouldn't hurt. It would you know, and if you're any person with any kind of heart, you're gonna try to keep that plant alive, and then you're gonna have this emotional attachment to it, and then once again, every time, you know, like I don't know, you're gonna just be tied to whoever gave you that gift mentally. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. That's all. I, that's the only biggest reason why I want to talk about Christmas gifts today. Or, or just I think we think. failed. <laughs> I think we failed. Well, my wife. There you go. My wife is better, smarter than us. Yeah. And I almost think, I think I might be taking this thought too far because I like things that are productive and, and give too. What if in the spring we sent like tomato plants or something like that? Packets of seeds. Or a pa- That was one of the coolest gifts I got from my mortgage company of all people from my first house was they gave us a package of like wildflower seeds and then we planted them and then, okay, I thought about that stupid mortgage company. Yeah. <laughs> we year. should rethink, I think, well, steaks and booze point, and, right? and all yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but plants, the stakes, the stakes and the booze are cool. Cause I also do think it gets people thinking and expecting again that they're going to get that gift. Right. I, I mean, you could, you could go, you could make that leap yeah. and go down and reach for that idea. But there, there's something to her idea of, can you get them something that they look at every day? Well, here's something that I always thought was cool. My dad would always get, um, awesome, awesome beer light signs. So like a huge, we always had a huge Coors sign. And he has different ones that you find at garage sales and stuff like that. I wonder, because for art, I thought, well, I got a minimalist house. I don't like to put stuff, but I'll put almost anything in my basement. Like, could, what if we got like Colorado, like cool, because they make the, you know, not the $300 wood one. Yeah, that fl- we, the, fl- the, fl- the cool flags. Yeah. Yeah. But, but something that was vintage and cool that they, like, no, oh, they'd probably put that up. They probably think about us something and, and, like and that. you know what else is also cool. So I'm just trying to, I'm throwing stuff out here. I don't know if it's sticking, but, yep. but here's the other thing. Plants cool and people might, but many people have plants in their house. But if you found that, that cool, unique thing, like that cool Colorado sign or whatever, people comment on that. So they walk downstairs and they say, Oh, that's cool. I'm like, Hey, my firm. And then they might know. That person is oh, building a house, you know, like, I oh, you guys should talk to them. They sent that to me. That's what we need to up our game. We need to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we just need to experiment. Maybe it's maybe next year. Like you said, the spring is time to like, All right, let's try something else. See, see if that sticks. 
And know what else we should notice? Let's be strategic about this. When you go into the offices of the big people that, that we work with, look at what yeah, they have. That's a smart. That's smart. Look at what they have and see, oh, this would fit in perfect. Boy, this Al Gore. He's on fire. Look at it that. really is his Friday. Yeah. Uh, all right. Code questions. Wrap this sucker up. I got two questions for you. Okay. IRC Chapter 3 building site address. Address identification. I know. This is the best question ever. Yeah. Building shall be provided with approved address identification. Each character of the address shall not be less than how many inches in sight? A, one inch. B, two inch. Three. Or C, three inches. D, four inches. Is this, where is this on? Is this on your house? Front of your house. Address Front. lettering. How, how, what is the minimum size it needs to be, Mr. Al Gore? I would say, so I've bought some of these. Um, and I think they're around uh, three inches. But I'd say the minimum is maybe two. Four inches. Four. Okay. Yep. Now, what each character of the address, second question, each character character of the address shall not be less than... You promised how, that these would be good. How many, <laughs> how many inches in stroke width? So what should the width... Oh, uh, half inch. There you go. You got they- it. You got it. <laughs> Correct. You win. Uh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. So if, if you like this podcast and want to support it, there's a couple ways. You can get our book, The Creativity Code. A great refresher if you're interested in design or architecture. We think you will absolutely love it. If you know someone that is interested in design or architecture, get it for them. Um, also, if you're into Revit, go to our website, Revit Furniture. We have free resources for you. We also have a, a paid template and system that I'm going to guarantee is going to improve your productivity. If it doesn't, I will give you your money back. Yeah, And, we, and we modify it, right? A little and, bit. Here, yeah. like we give, a, I think, a, so many, so much... Um, we put a, an X amount of time into it. You, you tell me to, to help out to modify it. Well, we if you need, this is what this is what we'll do. We will make your title block in that template. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yep. So absolutely, if you buy it, we'll, we'll give us your Revit or your old one. We'll update it every year. 2018, we made a huge push. We really. Uh, modified this, made it even more efficient and, and, and better. There's training if you want to get your whole staff on it. It's, it, it I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing results. I will give you your money back if you don't like it. Uh, please uh, like uh, like us on Facebook, Twitter. You can get a hold of us, yep. akg at f9productions.com. Uh, give us a review on uh, the, the podcast right on your phone there. That'd be great. And uh, share us with a friend. That's all we ask. All right. See you next week. Bye.